Tectorama episode 732, Quantum Whiplash. Well, hello and welcome to Tectorama, the show that takes a lighthearted look at tech, science, sci-fi, and all things geek. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. If you're returning, welcome back. We appreciate you giving us your time. My name is Chuck Tomasi from sunny Phoenix, Arizona. Right over there, I'm pointing at the window, <laughs> is Craig Stepp. This window? <laughs> this window? <laughs> is there a window over there? There is one over here. <laughs> okay, that works out. Just remember, I'm on the window side now. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's right. So when you pass something, just pass it out the window. Now you can remember. Yeah. That's Craig Stepp. How are you, Craig? I'm doing well. Just trying to navigate through the winter coldness. It's actually not been too bad. Oh, I can't complain to you because you've down, lived it. It got down to freezing today. And it Did rained it really? and we had hail and the mm. poor little kitties were at our door, hungry and cold. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> kitties. Well, I, I actually stepped out. I was in our mountain house this weekend. And I, this morning I stepped out. It rained yesterday. Yeah. So there was a little bit of water on the deck. It wasn't. And the sun came out later on yesterday. And so it wasn't too bad, but I, I came out and. It was just slick enough. I was like, whoa, you know, did a little ice skating action there on the deck because it was uh, a little frost and it was, that was everywhere, but it wasn't Careful old man, you'll break a hip. I know. Maybe both I, of them. I almost slipped in the shower today. <laughs> that's frightening. Yeah, that's not good. You got the, you know, the tiles and the sharp edges and what? I go, ah! <laughs> I know. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't anything major. I still had one foot, you know, kind of planted one slipped. I went, ah! <laughs> I know, I know that feeling. I had, we got, uh, one of those little bottle caddies in the shower and it had a bottle that would like to drip just a little bit of soap. Oh, you know, get really so it's like slippery. you get in the shower and you start going, whoa. <laughs> is it, is <laughs> it like a, a tub shower or is it tiled? No, no, it's, a, down- it's a tiled stand up shower. Okay. Um, but, yeah, that's just a little bit of soap, you know, and you don't know, you don't know to expect it. And it's like you start sliding around. It's like, ah, oh, that's not good. So that bottle's gone. Nice, at least. <laughs> just invert it. 180 degrees, it won't leak. Hmm. Okay. All right. Should we check out our feedback from last week? Yes. We let's have do that. a social media question for you. Jump right in. Yes, snail mail. We asked you a question of the week, and last week we asked you, what are you looking forward to in the new year? We got some responses back. Sweet Steve London says, not looking forward to much, just some simple things like world peace. Yes. Sweden in NATO. But mostly to get back to work. I'm assigned a new contract slash customer. Interesting assignment. So an exciting spring is coming up. Very good. Congratulations on all that. Do you got one for me or should I just read them all? No, no. Oh, I don't know why I thought you were going to go in through them all, go through them all. Uh, Stephen Westy says the presidential election being over. (laughs) Amen. And it has not even started, and I'm already sick of it. Yeah, no kidding. Amen. Yeah. That happens every election, though. Just please pick the candidates, but not the ones that everybody wants. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a rough 2024, and depending on who wins, it'll be a rough 25, 6, 7. (laughs) Hmm. Look, the whiskey and and beer market is doing well this year. (laughs) Yeah, there's your investment opportunities. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What should I invest in right now? Oh, that's things right. that make you heavily medicated. Yeah. Uh, Fritz Ulrich Sievert responds. He says, thanks to my immunotherapy, Nivolumab rocks. I'm not sure I pronounced that right. Uh, that that keeps name? my cancer in check. I can oh. delight in another year and many more after that. And that certainly includes also more episodes of... Technorama 101, oh, everyone. Well, thank that. you, Fritz. Hey, sorry, yep. uh, you know, you got to deal with such crazy stuff, but uh, modern yeah. medicine to the rescue sometimes. That's right. 
having been a cancer survivor myself, I truly appreciate what you're going through. And don't wish it on anybody. Cancer sucks. Mm-hmm. All right. I got a couple. Sean Brockman says, hoping that humanity chooses people over profit and power. I choose the earth over profit and power would be good, too. And my brother Vince says, traveling. Oh. So good They're going to be traveling together? I don't know where he's traveling or when he's traveling. So I should probably reach Is out it- and find out when he's going. Next thing you know, there's a knock at your door. Hey, we're here, Vince. (laughs) Didn't know you were coming. (laughs) Are you guys home? No. Get a text message. We're on a cruise. (laughs) That's right. Right. So what are you looking forward to? I I know we mentioned a couple of things last year. So many last week, excuse me, last year. So Um, yeah, for work, it's it's our Washington release. There's a possibility that I'll get to go to Washington, D.C. and co-MC that release uh, event again, like we did in Vancouver last year. That was a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, there's also our knowledge conference coming up in May. Yeah. Um, we've got our Washington release, uh, event. I won't be around for the official kickoff on February 1st, but there's a lot of stuff coming up after that. We've got episode yep. 100 of our breakpoint podcast over at work. Um, uh, my co-host Lauren has something up her sleeve. She wants to interview me uh, her original Why? idea was, uh, in the style of the hot ones videos, you know, where they ask a question and they got to keep eating hotter and hotter hot wings. Oh yeah. I said, oh, okay. oh, please. No, I'm an old man. And you know, I can take spicy food, but not to that point. I watched yeah. the one with, um, what's his name? Oh, the, the famous chef, uh, um, Gordon Ramsay. Yes. Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. Thank you. I could picture him. I've got a picture of him in my photo yeah. album. Um, but yeah, no, he, he was, he was analyzing it. He was, <laughs> uh, he was, he was having a lot of fun with it. I'm sure. Yeah. He was analyzing it. He's he like, was, Oh, that one's got a little bit of this and a little bit of that. You know? No, he was, he was in pain and you know, oh, yeah. how vocal he gets and you know, yeah. the, the comments he makes when he's, uh, but yeah. so yeah, there's, there's a lot of fun stuff at work. Donna and I have a couple of trips. We've got the Star Trek cruise with you and right. Kim and yep. some friends of ours. Looking forward to that at the end of February. We've got a mm-hmm. uh, a Hawaiian cruise with a couple of friends of ours from back in Wisconsin, Steve and Teresa. We're going uh, end of January on that. So we've got one or two more episodes. I'm not sure. I can't count right now. Uh, in January of Technorama. Yep. Then we'll so, come back in February, do a couple. Then we'll come back in March and do a bunch. So there's uh, you know a lot of stuff in the first half that I'm, I'm looking forward to. My sister is getting married in June. Or I should say okay. remarried. Right. So going to Michigan for that, or plan to anyway. And just, you know, having a lot of having a lot of fun planning and looking forward to stuff right now. So yeah. it's it's very much plan, 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 plan. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to <clears throat> starting off with my birthday <laughs> coming up. Then um What are you gonna be? Forty now? Yeah, again. That's right. <laughs> for then eighteenth time or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'll be uh Double nickel there, 55. Um, I can't drive then, 55. Then we got, uh, well, the cruise. I'm looking for that. It's always fun. And, you know, because a lot, lot of things on that cruise is a little unexpected, and uh, a lot of it's planned, and it's a lot of fun. Yep. Um, then we got knowledge, as you mentioned, yep. our big user conference. Oh, and uh, I should mention that I'll be at uh, my job for 10 years in April. So oh, that's, that's right. A, you got a 10 year anniversary coming up. Yeah. That's a big thing. That's a big thing. Um, that, which is funny because, you know, for a long time that would have put you in, uh, seniority, <laughs> in, you know, but there's a, there's a lot of, uh, 10 year plus people there now. Yeah, at, You see those at, on LinkedIn a lot. Hey, I've been here for 10 years. Hey, I've been here. It's like, wow. Yeah, when, yeah, so, when 11 and 12 years and now even 13 is less than me. Like, whoo, I'm an old yeah. man. <laughs> yeah so there's there's a good many people that are, uh, stick around uh, yeah. at service now now uh but i still don't feel like it's a long time i've been here 13 and a half years coming up on 14 and mm-hmm. i was at my last job for 22 <laughs> oh yeah everybody goes oh well, chuck you're an old timer i was in the I, I would have been at my last job longer but uh nothing it had nothing to do with them it was more or less uh, i needed to make a change and I came to service now. So I was there at fifth for 15 years. If I was I still been, there, I would have been, uh, this, this coming week would be 36. 
Wow. There are people yeah. that are still there. Well, there, yeah. And there was a lot of people at my old job that were in the 25 and 30 year yep. range. That's a good one. I, I know because they would ask me to photograph the, uh, the, uh, luncheon that they have to honor the people. So before I could, I was eligible to be there. Uh, I was there, you know, I was yeah. enjoying the lunch with everybody and taking pictures and stuff. So, um, that'd be fun. Yeah. And then of course, later in the year, dragon con, I always, I always oh, yeah. day one, you know, what, as soon as I get back from, uh, I take that back about a week after we get back from dragon con, I'm looking forward to the next one. I got to have about a week's downtime <laughs> yep. and then, uh, ready to go back again. So Clinton said he's looking for world peace. I continue to hope. Yeah. Like Robinson says, winning the lottery and building a trebuchet. <laughs> yeah. That's part of his retirement plan, isn't it? The reti- uh, winning the re- lottery. No, building a trebuchet. <laughs> oh, and building a trebuchet. We built one of those with my brother-in-law one time. They're they're a little trickier than you think. And they don't always result in, you know, there's, there's a lot of physics and leverage and whatnot to get it to. We oh, were yeah. just flinging golf balls and this thing had probably a eight to 10 foot arm on it. And would go flip, and it would flip oh, yeah. this golf ball. And go, is that all the further we got? What's going yeah. on? Add more weights. <laughs> was it a? Was it MythBusters? They did um, the trebuchet uh, thing, and they were throwing pumpkins. I know they're probably they had a pumpkin challenge, but there, some of those look scary. Don't be standing there when it goes off because no counterweight. Yep. And yeah, and it, it it sort of flip flops back and forth after it launches too. It's like yeah, yikes. Yeah. Imagine the really big one where they had people in squirrel cages that were winding this thing up. Yeah. Nope. Pass. Oh, that's a siege weapon. All right. That is it for our feedback. We want to hear back from you on our question at the end of the show. Another letter from our listeners, Dave. So long, listeners, Dave. <laughs> what do we got next? Oh, yes. Your minds are all programmed. You know, as soon as we finish the his, the uh, the mail, that the history music is coming. So yep. it's on this day for January tenth, twenty twenty four. It's of course the tenth day of the year, which means there are three hundred and fifty six days remaining in the year. It was on this date in seventeen seventy six that Thomas Paine published his pamphlet, Common Sense, and apparently nobody read it. <laughs> nobody that remembers it. Uh, the fir- actually, I did read it one time. Uh, the first steamboat on the Ohio River, or the Mississippi River, arrived in New Orleans 82 days after departing from Pittsburgh on this date in 1812. Was that the one that Mickey Mouse was whistling to? <laughs> yes, yeah, in the now public that, domain now. Now that he's off of copyright infringement, that's right. I can whistle that tune, sort of. Steamboat Willie is free. Free Boy. Willie? Did you say that? Steamboat Willie. That's his, free that was Steam- Mickey Mouse's... That was that was the name of the I know the cartoon. I know. January tenth, eighteen sixty three, the Metropolitan Railway, the world's oldest underground railway, opened between Paddington and Fer- Farringdon, marking the beginning of the London Underground in, in eighteen sixty three, and it's still wow. there. It is, and it was one hundred fifty four years ago today that John D. Rockefeller incorporates Standard Oil. Oh boy, what a nice guy he was. He was awesome. Also today, 1927, Fritz Lang's futuristic film Metropolis was released in Germany. Yeah, that was on Netflix for a while. I don't know if it's. Oh yeah. Uh, the United States Army Signals Cor- Signal Corps uh, se- uh, successfully conducted Project Diana, bouncing radio waves off the moon and receiving the reflected signals on this date in 1946. So basically, using our satellite as a satellite. It was 34 years ago today that Time Warner was formed by the merger of Time Inc. and Warner Communications, which is a good thing. They didn't just call it like Time X. Oh, wait, that was taken. Time X. Happy birthday goes out in the state to German physician and explorer Martin Lichtenstein, born in the state in 1780. All right, let me butcher this one. Carl Ritter von Gia, an Italian-Austrian engineer, designed the Simmering Railway was simmering. He had a little steam coming off of it. Uh, I, I believe he was born on this date in 202 I'm sorry, 222 days ago. Years, Years ago. You mean <laughs> Smooth, Craig, smooth. <laughs> I 
I'm sorry. I was thinking simmering. I've still had that on my mind. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> Italian paleontologist, archaeologist, and ethnographer Luigi Pigorini was born in the state in 1842. Hey, it's a Luigi. <laughs> Isaiah uh, Stewart, the, sure. the German math. Huh? Sure. sure. Are you sure about that? I'm sure. You're sure? Okay. He's sure. The German mathematician and academic was born 149 years ago today. And I thought there was two sentences there. My, my bad. <laughs> I was keep on Another reading. German mathematician and academic, Heinrich Bayman, was born 133 years ago today. An American physicist and engineer, Catherine Burr uh, Bloggett, was born on this date in 1898. Ray Bulger, yes, the scarecrow from The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. He was born today in 1904. Wow. And Gordon Kidd Teal, the American engineer and inventor, was born 117 years ago today. Roy E. Disney, we were just talking about Disney, so why not? Yep. Roy yeah. Disney was born today in 1930. And also born on that same date in 1936, American physicist and astronomer, Nobel Prize laureate, Robert Woodrow Wilson. Or Woodrow Wilson Roberts. No, that was the president's... No. American computer scientist and mathematician Donald Knuth was born on this date in 1838. I remember hearing his name in my classes. And also born on that same date in 1953, American singer-songwriter Pat Benatar. Your just love is like a tidal wave. American computer scientist and academic Catherine S. McKinley is 62. Listener birthdays this week include one... One beautiful birthday. Ah, ah, ah. It's Ralph Whitfield, a.k.a. Go for you, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> I, got a wit- I got a Disney thing going on. I'm tonight. all over the place. <laughs> Ralph. And that's the way it was on this day for January 10th, 2024. Hey, if you want to be on the birthday calendar like Goofy Ralph, you can go over to chuckchat.com slash birthday, like it says on the bottom of the screen. Or... Ding, ding. Yep. If you're listening, I'll just say it again. Chuckchat.com slash birthday. Fill out the form. We'll get your name on the birthday calendar and give you a shout out at the appropriate time of year. It could be in October. It could be in March. It could be in July. We'll get there. We'll get there. Don't worry. We're marching right along as the calendar goes by. So, And as we're trying to eat up the song. Nah, we were. Let's see if it's at the end. I don't know. My spidey sense says yes. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> Spidey sense. So much for that. I have two your Chuck, superpowers. Your Chuck, Tingle, your Chuck Tingle told you wrong. That wasn't one of my superpowers. All right. On to a random. Good news, everyone. Yeah. Well, we do have some good news. NASA is headed for the moon next week. All right. According to popsci.com, which I thought was popsicle.com at first. Popular. You got excited. Yeah. You got excited until you. Well, they said they're taking all this stuff. They're taking some high-tech stuff like the near-infrared volatile spectrometer system, or NERVIS, which isn't a good (laughs) acronym. The Neutron Spectrometer System, or NSS, which is meant for identifying substances such as water on the lunar surface, or Mm -hmm. the LRA, the Laser Retro Reflector Array. Wouldn't that make it the LRRA? Hmm. Yeah, that'll be handy for measurements between the moon and the earth, which I thought we were already doing. Uh, yeah, well, we the did too. linear energy transfer spectrometer or let's let's <laughs> not will assess the lunar surface radiation to advance let's. future astronaut safety. So they got a bunch of cool stuff going on, but they're also bringing some interesting stuff. Okay, they're bringing Bitcoin. How do you bring a digital currency, they say? Well, they're going to bring a physical Bitcoin engraved with a private encryption key. So, hey, whoever finds it, woohoo! It might be worth something. It's actually an astronaut fling, you know, flicking it out it's with like, his thumb. And it's it, it, it's probably, you know, got in the bank like one micro bit. Yeah, there's a little there's a little pig bank and the, the Bitcoin sitting right in the top. Hey, man, you left, the, you left the birthday banner up. There we go. Oh, it's all right. Focus, man. Focus. Got a lot. I got a lot to do here. Well, they brought some Stranger Things too. They they've brought some the series DNA from Arthur C. Clarke, as well as multiple original Star Trek actors. I'm assuming they mean like Jimmy Dewan, etc. As well as Gene Roddenberry. That's right. Uh, that's not all. 
the uh, uh, rocket is also bringing along uh, a hunk of Mount Everest. I, I'm not sure why you'd... Sounds like they're bringing a garage sale. <laughs> Let's yeah. just collect all the, the good things on Earth and send them up to the moon <laughs> for safekeeping. Uh, I don't know. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. So uh, they're doing this in preparation. They, have, they have, First of all, they haven't been up there in over 50 years since the Apollo 17 mission yeah. in 1972. And they are doing this as sort of prep steps for the Artemis astronauts, the Artemis II uh, mission, which is planned to touch down later this decade. So, <laughs> You know what? I got this vision of the thing going to the moon, landing, and the arms open, and a bunch of crap just falls out. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Little plastic uh, rings and stuff you get out of the quarter machine at the I, grocery store. I had store. a friend with a car like that in college. He'd open it up and cans would fall out and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Piece of Everest go over here. Bobbleheads go over there. Yeah. My Bitcoin. All right. <laughs> also on news of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, ma- we're getting closer to more Star Trek technology made real. You know, we've got the cell phones and whatnot that you could say yeah. were inspired. Well, well they're we also, did mention that we were, they were talking to whales last week. They're teleporting uh, images using light. Now, this is not what you would think where, you know, if I email a picture to Craig. I, this gets into some quantum stuff, and my brain couldn't quite wrap my head around this. But apparently, they're sending the data without actually sending the data, which is the the, the image here says: if you want to send the bank your fingerprint, you can do it mm-hmm. by sending one photon with no information. But but it says going to have some information. I, that's what I would think. But apparently, the way that Photons and qubits and this quote-unquote alphabet goes, you can do it. So it says, traditionally, two communication parties physically sent the information from one to the other, even in the quantum realm, says the principal investigator Andrew Forbes, professor at Mm -hmm. Wits University. Uh, Now it's possible to teleport information so that it never physically travels across the connection. That's the part where my head just goes, yo, what? So previously teleportation. Well, I would say even, yeah. even the idea of the Star Trek transporter, it's got it, it's, it's got to send your information somewhere else and then bring it up, even if it converts it to energy, transports it, and then re, reassembles it. It's data, right? Let's see. One particle, one particular, one practical application. I'm going to get the right P word here soon. One practical application of this technology is in banking. For example, a customer can send a fingerprint to a bank without physically transferring the information. The bank sends an entangled photon to the customer, who then uses a nonlinear detector to combine it with the information to be sent. This results in the information appearing at the bank as if it were teleported. This method prevents interception, and no information is physically sent. And that I, again, it, it sounds really cool, but I don't understand it. I need some more videos on YouTube to help me understand this one. <laughs> but hey, if it yeah. prevents interception, sounds like really good security to me. That's interesting. All right. Yep. Shall we move on? Yes, let's do because my head's hurting. Hacks and straight. It usually happens when we talk about quantum stuff. You get yeah, hurt, got we get hurt. Hurty brain. brain already. Yep. We get hurty brain easy around here. All right, the uh, you know those classic images we all got when Voyager went past Uranus and Neptune. You know, Uranus yes. was kind of this greenish, grayish, bluish, hazy blob on its side. Yeah. Neptune was this brilliant blue. Turns yeah. out that wasn't quite right. <laughs> nope, they're almost the exact same color. So I'm going to yeah. do a screen share for those following along at home. Let's uh, go to this format. There we go. So the top two diagrams outline what we're all familiar with. Uranus, kind of that grayish, greenish, and Neptune with dark blue. But the actual data is very, very close. In fact, Uranus fluctuates. It's a little bluer in, what did I say, the winter and summer and then through the spring and fall because it's on its side. When one of the poles is lit up, it gets a little bluer. 
When it's not, it gets a little greener. So it fluctuates a little bit. The reason we're all familiar with seeing Neptune as blue is because they did some enhancement on this to show the different bands of weather going back and forth, the clouds going by. When you look at the original, like, oh, I see a smudge. They really wanted to call that out. And it's really hard to see. So, the, so the, their mistake went viral and everybody started it, using that. It wasn't a image. mistake. In fact, almost every image you see from a space explorer or telescope is enhanced in some way. Okay. I mean, you think about it, the, those little starbursts they put on, you know, the deep field things. Yeah, I don't, I think that's artistic license in my opinion. But mm. if you, if you take, uh, was it James Webb? Does yep. it doesn't look in the visible spectrum? So you have to enhance it for us to. Oh, ad- yeah. Well, you, yeah. A lot of, see yeah, a lot of those pictures, they're, yeah, they're infrared or they're, um, they're not natural color and they got to enhance it. Right. Or they'll combine several different spectrums and go, Here's the X-ray overlaid with ultraviolet, overlaid with visible. You go, wow, that's a beautiful galaxy. You're like, well, that's not what you'd see if you look through a telescope. Yeah, yeah. So I think this is kind of cool. It's like, oh, look, kids, it really looks like this. You know what? You know what got me thinking? Uh, I was wondering from the time that I had a science book in, say, high school to yes. now. I wonder what in that book has been proven and disproven over time. I'd, I'd be curious to know what's changed. Um, a lot. I mean, just in listening to <laughs> astronomy casts since they started right. in 2006, uh-huh. They once in a while they'll go through and say, oh, we're on our you know 18th anniversary or our 19th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And they'll, they'll say, this is what we thought back then. And that's, you know, less than two decades later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was watching a PBS special. We'll talk about this a little bit later, but I was watching a PBS special on plate tectonics. Right. You you may think that's a pretty old idea. It's not. It's within our lifetime. Yeah, I, I think I'm aware of that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty radical stuff, and they needed the data to prove it because you can't just say, oh, well, there's mid-oceanic ridges that are you know, pushing the continents apart, and somebody goes, well, what happens on the other side? And wait a minute, if all the continents were linked together in you know, Pangea, yep. what was happening on the other side of the globe? And at one point they thought, well, the earth was much smaller at that point. So there wasn't much other side of the globe. Like, And where did all the, you know, I'm thinking, well, that's a stupid theory because where did all the extra mass come from between Well, just like now? Pangea, then you'd have a super ocean on the other side. You would. Unless there were. You, you, yeah. There, there was. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, ideas change and, you know, what seems like was, a far-fetched idea. Was that, Earth really smaller? No. I was going to say, I don't I think mean, it's grown or. <laughs> it, it was way, way back when before Thea came and crashed into us and caused to have a moon, we had a smaller mass, but yeah. there there were no continents at that point. It was still a, just getting over that molten mass and cooling down. And then, you know, hey, look, planet smash. Ooh, we're molten again. Yeah. yeah. Such scientific wow. on this show. <laughs> right. Yeah, YouTube's got my number now with uh, a lot of scientific documentaries. I'll get into those when we get to the uh, remote section. Yeah, I know. Your list makes mine look terrible. I'm not covering like, all of them. I'm just going to let yeah. you know and give you a, a spot of... Well, no, I'm like, wow, he's got some time to watch some stuff. I... And and all of these are not short, but I can watch them at 1.5 because most, most of these documentaries talk slow in the first place. Well... Yeah. When we propose the theory of plate tectonics. Oh, there's ah. a couple of YouTubers. I like, I love their content, but it's like, you need to speak up uh, faster. <laughs> yeah. so I'll, I'll speed them up a little bit. Yeah. That's why I pity the people that listen to this technorama on more than 1.0 speed. Cause I talk fast anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Have fun so do with I. <clears throat> All right. Yeah. And most Southerners don't. I don't talk fast. Let's see. Taxes, strange stories next. We're out of we're out of news stories. I'm sorry, I don't speak fast. Wait, that was the Hacks of Strange Stories, the Neptune. It was. Oh, okay. I was rolling right from space story to space story. Never mind. Okay, this is the part where we give a shout out to the chat room. That's right. Because these are awesome people that hang out with us. Let's see. Clinton said on that planetary one, the images often say false color. 
Oh, by the way, Clinton also says, and this is what we were, we've talked about this before. Those little mirrors that are set up yeah. for measurement. If it wasn't Apollo get, 11, it was, it was, it was one of the Apollo missions. They did leave up this sort of array. And I've, I've seen these little laser reflectors up close, not the ones on the moon, obviously. We, we saw it on, we've seen it. We talked about it on the show. Uh, what they. Yeah. They're cylindrical with like a mm-hmm. third hacked off and that no matter where you hit it will reflect directly back to you. It's almost yeah. almost like a parabola in a way. That's pretty cool. But All right, finish shouting out to the chat room. Okay, shout out to the chat. We got Clinton. We got Mike Robinson. We've got StreamYard. StreamYard. <laughs> we got somebody else out there. There's a few viewers that have there chi- you go. <laughs> chimed in. Yeah. <laughs> Live viewer comments shown in the StreamYard. This is an example. Wonderful. So hello and welcome to everybody who joined us. If you're live, while we're recording this, great. <laughs> if you're not alive, check your pulse. Yeah. We'll get or have somebody you. check it for you. We do this show Sundays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time on mm-hmm. YouTube, Facebook, and X Twitter. Twitter X. We should just call it X Twitter because that's what it was called and is called. Yeah, that's what I call it because I don't really use it anymore. X Twitter. Quitter? <laughs> Quitter. Has everybody left? Join us well, Sunday nights. I think it's still busy. I don't know. I, I go there every, every once in a while. I'll pull it up, and it's like, wow, there's like a lot going on. But um, just I, like it has been. I used to go there about weekly, and now it's less than once a week. I yeah, I don't I don't go there very often. I mean, it's still. I'm saying is there's still content rolling in. Oh yeah, just like I'd always been. But at the same time, I uh, eh. Really care. I find a lot of the same content, or at least the content I'm looking for, on LinkedIn. That's that's where my community is. <laughs> or Reddit. I, or Reddit. Reddit. Yes, I've been spending yeah. a lot of time on Reddit lately. I I love Reddit. My son's like, uh, there's some changes that I'm not sure about, but I'll be honest with you. I, I go there, uh, especially if I've got like the like the books tablet I bought. Yep. You yep. know, I go there and there's a whole yeah, you know, subreddit just for that. So yep. things like that, certain interests. Yeah, I've discovered some Perfect. wonderful utilities for my remarkable as well, and even starting to get into uh, one guy's GitHub repo and giving him some ideas. He goes, "Hey, can you put in a an issue for that?" It's like, "Yeah, I'll give you an enhancement request, sure." And then we, I jumped into somebody else's thread. They go, "I want this," and I said, "Oh man." Somebody else was going, I don't know how you would design that. I said, I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. Here's some ideas. Yeah. And then the author of of these hacks came back and said, oh, you've given me something to think about. Like, Yay! Because this is something I asked Remarkable for about two, two and a half years ago. Said, yeah. This is what I'd really like. And if you can't yeah. do it, this third party guy is going to do it. So anyway, yeah, I, and I'm finding, you know, the majority of the communities are very, at least the ones that I'm on, I'm, I'm only on a handful or less. Uh, they're very yeah. polite. You know, nobody's really they can be anybody. Actually, some some areas of Reddit are great. Some Reddit areas, it's like uh, I'm not sure if I should be here. But in uh, some, you shouldn't be there. Yeah, I mean, if you're in a subreddit about the presidential election, you can expect some volatility. But yeah. if you're all gathered yeah. around a com- a common interest, like you know, fine writing ball ball ballpoint pens, it's like, yep. What? Yep. You're going to be sharing ideas and everybody's going to be thankful for the ideas, et cetera. So yeah, yeah good stuff. I've, I've actually been on Reddit for 17 years. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I think I've been on about five, but seriously on it for about six months. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't comment on it a whole, uh, I do. There's been a couple of times I replied on some to somebody cause I knew I could help them with whatever question they were asking. Yeah. And then some people have made suggestions. I don't comment on it a lot. Uh, like I do have like on Twitter and stuff, but yeah, it's not too bad. Um, yeah, 17 years. I'm like, I, I actually signed up October 31st, 2006. Happy Halloween. <laughs> yeah. You should have taken a screenshot. I'm sure it looks completely different. Oh yeah. Well, I can go pull it up on the, not, what, uh, not the, right now, not right now. No. We're in the middle of a podcast and yeah. we're about to thank our patrons. This is the part where we say thank you to everyone who supports this show financially for as little as a dollar a show. These people have gone to patreon.com slash Technorama podcast. Hint, hint. Banner. I'm trying to. I was in the folder view. Sorry. <laughs> thank go. you to Alexis Duran, Amber Elstad, Amy Bowen, Abner Braverman, Ben Vaughn, Brian Brown, Chris Martinez, 
Chris MC, Dandy Man Coyer, Dean Jensen, Denise Inglis, Gary Lindros, John Clifford, John Noble, Yorgos Rowan, Kyle Nishioka, Leon, Mark Kilfoyle, Brad Miller, Mike Wills, Saturday Morning Media, Stephen Weshey, Steve Cody, Steve Therian, Steve Webb, Steve London, and Tim Cook. Tim Cook. Everybody, make sure that your contact information is up to date on Patreon because Craig and I are going on another trip. You never know. Might be sending you a picture via email like we did last year. We might be sending you a postcard. Don't know. So Could be cash. <laughs> could but be we don't Bitcoin. Know. <laughs> Likely not, but it could be. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So make sure you send us all your bank accounts and routing yeah. numbers. <laughs> we'll be distributing the Bitcoin shortly after the trip. <laughs> it's on the moon. I left my wallet right. on the moon. Oh, on the moon. I left Dang. my wallet on the moon. I left... That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be something funny. Oh, yeah. The Bitcoin is in my Imagine uh, astronauts get off the ship and they're, wow, we're walking on the moon. There's like a, a wallet sitting there. You know, it's no, it's when you get back and go, hey, can I see your ID? You're coming into you're coming into a you know the country from another from the moon right from the moon. Oh, I left my wallet on the moon. It's got my Bitcoin in it too. I'll go back and get it. We're still laughing about like the first article we did 25 I'm, minutes ago. I'm still laughing at probably the article we did in 2005. You probably are. That's that's how Craig rolls. Yeah. All righty. Thank you, everybody. They headed over to patreon.com slash Techorama Podcast. And not only do they get a shout-out and maybe a postcard, <laughs> they also get an extra episode that we will record immediately following this. So thank yeah. you, everybody. Okay. That's the end of that. What comes next? The Media Corner. We have something in the Media Corner this week. Welcome to Blockhead Video. Hey, where can I find some good information about music and TV and videos and things? Over here, in the media corner. From Variety, Ready Player One is on the way to be turned into a massive metaverse experience in partnership with Warner Brothers Discovery. I think it's kind of a no-brainer, wouldn't you say? Well, it's a great inspiration in fact, um, Ernest Klein said, wow, the future's here before I expected it. So it's <laughs> it's kind of like what, what we were talking about before, yeah. Star Trek inspiring different technologies and different philosophies and whatnot. So yeah, this makes sense as a, as a good starting point. Implementing it, I don't think it'll be quite what we saw in the movie because it's got to happen in stages. You're going to have, you know, like any other software project, you're going to have phase one and then phase two, and it'll get a little bit better. I, somebody told me whenever you see like new software and you're going, well, it's not quite ready. The yep. the response is supposed to be, this is the worst you will ever see it. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, a po- that's one way to positively look at it, right? Right. It's only going to well, get, get better from, from here. here. Yeah. So it says they're calling it the Readyverse. According to Futureverse, which is the company that's working with them, mm-hmm. it was co-founded by Shara Senderoff. And Aaron McDonald, the Readyverse will champion principles of the open metaverse, which are provable digital ownership, community-owned infrastructure, decentralization, security, and interoperability, which sounds good to me. Like, Meta isn't going to own the whole dang thing. Right. That's when, part of what I liked. Well, didn't uh, there, there's been several online... Uh, what was that one? Uh, I can't remember the name of it. It was one where you're supposed to go in it uh, and, oh, Second Life. Um, that's what I was thinking of. Okay. So Second Life, you're supposed to go in it and basically be able to just live. And I'm like, you know, you own things, you own land, you build houses and all that kind of stuff. And what happened to that? <laughs> uh, James Halliday bought it. Yeah. Is that what is that what happened? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well he's gonna I wonder if there's gonna be Easter eggs in this. Why don't they just uh call it what uh what they did in the movie? Um Oasis. Why don't they just call it Oasis? Mm, well, if Ernie will let them, sure, why not? 
Yeah. Because they said, where is it? I'm looking for the, the quote in here. I thought it was at the end, but I don't see it. Basically, uh, this new company, Readyverse Studios or Futureverse, will, um, they're basically going to own everything now. Uh, they've, they've taken over the uh, Ernest Klein's IP. Or his vision, anything he that says he with cre- the ready, ready verse studios, we have the opportunity to leverage the revolutionary technology future verse that has been uh, building for several years to bring to life the best possible version of a, of the metaverse. I'm confident with this team. We have the brightest minds, the biggest hearts in place to lead us into the next chapter of our collective future, a future that would make Wade Watts and James Halliday proud. I'm sure what you're talking would. about. No, there was something in there that said what happens with his stuff. I can't remember. Uh, I lost it. I knew I should have used that highlighter plug-in for Chrome. Oh. So, yeah. interesting. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I don't know what platform you'll be able to experience this on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if it's anything, I, I, I hope that the future is not quite as dystopic as the movie was. That, you know. <laughs> You don't want to live in the uh, in the trailers stacked up the uh, the stacks. No, I'm yeah, not living stacks, in the yeah. stacks. Yeah, I'll experience this from my own house or some kind of <laughs> parlor. Right. All right, on to the geek library, which now is out of order in my icons. You told me to change it. I did. I didn't change my soundboard though. Well, from NBC News this last week, a 13-year-old is apparently the first person, at least the first person to prove that they have beaten Tetris. Yeah. I don't know what platform he is playing this on, but... uh, Uh, That's a good question. I don't know either. It it looked like a Nintendo because he had a Nintendo game controller in his hand. Okay. And uh, now, how do you beat Tetris? Well, you get it up to 9999999 points and it can't roll over, so it basically stops. (laughs) <laughs> and this kid is playing really lightning fast. I mean, these things are falling down to the boom, 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 boom. And he is spinning them around and positioning them using a technique that the gamers call rolling. Now he's holding this game controller and he's got something on his, with his left hand. And he's got something on his right hand. And he's basically drumming his fingers on the back of this game controller. And yeah, I'm not he's got sure. like his finger in the right place on the button. So when you, when you do like this, it, just when you do like this, that controller. doesn't work in an audio podcast. Correctly. I know. Well, I'm looking at myself talking. Boom, about, boom, right, you, boom. You have boom. the finger right on the button. Yeah. And on the backside, as you roll your fingers, like you're yep. uh, drumming your fingers on a desk on the backside of the controller, it makes the connection faster than you would if you were just pushing the button. So what no, what happened was that uh, NBC News got on the horn with this kid and hooked him up with the creators, Alexei Pajitinov, uh and Hank Rogers. And it's because I, uh, uh, he says, what you've done is really amazing. We don't know that anybody's done that. This game has been out since 84. You know, yeah. Almost for, 40 yeah. years. And this 13-year-old kid crushed it. And you know, his his reaction as he's playing the game is is like he just won the lottery <laughs> which is yeah. really cute and uh you know so alexi and hank get on this uh basically a zoom call with the newscaster and the kid and like kid you did some amazing work that's pretty cool uh thank you yeah <laughs> <laughs> and they they said now what do you want to be when you grow up he says uh it's a little early to make that decision now like good for him be a I kid want the nobel prize for tetris the sad part about the news story is uh his dad passed away before he could see this accomplishment so he basically dedicated right. the, the the game and the accomplishment to his dad which was really sweet right that's so. pretty cool though um I've always liked Tetris, I, although I've been more of a casual player, not like competitive like, or trying to get to the end right. or as far as I could like this. It's like I may get a few levels in and that's about it. But yeah, I get bored with it real fast. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a great concept for a game, though. Uh, I like And it, that but. music, boy. Don't <laughs> 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 you want to start doing that little Russian <laughs> dance? <laughs> 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 We're on the floor kicking. 
Now that the listeners got that stuck in their head. You're welcome. That's right. <laughs> Let's get another song stuck in your head. This one ah. is for... Time to pass the remote. Tell you about what we're watching, listening to, reading, or otherwise interested in. So I'm going to go first. My retro okay. movie continues with Jurassic Park from 1993. I don't know why. I just wanted to see how well it held up. Mm, the graphics are getting a little aged, but hey, for 93, this ain't too bad. It's, no, it's not bad. It's, it's not, not bad, bad at all. Uh, the story is still decent, although it needs some modifications. Like, hey, shouldn't Gallimimus or somebody have feathers by this point? Uh and and you got to remember that back in '93 they were ribbing on. Hey, speaking of speaking of science things that have changed, yeah, since high school, the a lot of those dinosaurs had feathers. So yes, just and to... back in '93 it was a radical thing to say that birds are the direct descendants of dinosaurs. They were making mm-hmm. fun of Dr. Grant in this movie. Going really? They even mentioned uh, Dr. Robert yeah. Bacher. And his theories. I'm like, I remember him talking about it too. I used to watch a lot of Discovery Channel or whatever it was, you know, 30, 35 years ago. And go, right. this guy's on to something. Uh, and now it's pretty much standard operating procedure to go, yep, some of the dinosaurs were not wiped out and survived as birds. So right. I thought that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. And I may go on to watch others in the series. Although, you know, you'd think you'd learn your lesson. Like, you, you should have nuked that island from orbit. <laughs> right. Remember, uh, there was a documentary. I want to say I saw it on YouTube. It might take me a little while to remember where it was at. But they were talking about the... Oh, I know what it was. It was the uh, documentary about uh, uh, ILM that's on Disney+. Plus, mm-hmm. And they were going... They were talking about how they were moving everything from stop motion and practical to, to CGI mm-hmm. um, throughout the pro their process or their lifeline and their life, you know, life cycle. And anyway, one of those was a Jurassic park. Cause that was a big thing that they worked on and uh, showing the T-Rex walking with just a skeleton. And then they put the skin on it and everything and how they brought Jurassic park to life, which again, as you mentioned, 93 or so, that was, you know, that was witchcraft. Yeah, that was pretty advanced stuff. So, What have you been um, watching? What's that? What have you been watching? All right, so this one was really good. Uh, it was called Squaring the Circle, the story of hypnosis. I keep wanting to say that G. Hypnosis, rather, with a G. It's the story of Storm and Poe. There were two artists in UK, and they were... Uh, they were friends with some of the guys from Pink Floyd, but but more importantly, what they did was they put together um, a company called Hypnosis, and they made all of the just about every iconic album cover that you've seen from the '60s and '70s. Sure, uh, brought them to life. The Prism from Pink Floyd, the cow on the in the field, um, Led Zeppelin with the uh, the Houses of the Holy has the um, the kids going up the the rocks. Is it mainly the photography ones or the like the ones that look like they're airbrushed, like heavy metal? No, it was mostly photography okay. style. But they, I think, I think what you just mentioned, there's a good mix of that in there too. Sure. Over time, uh, Band on the Run from Wings, you know, where they it's got everybody in the spotlight, mm-hmm. all the actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one of theirs. So, yeah, it was. They kept pulling up one thing after another i'm like they did all that and it was amazing um and to hear some of their tie-ins with like sid barrett you know sid barrett uh famously had to drop out of pink floyd because he did a little too much lds in the 60s <laughs> way, way too much and he basically was not there anymore you know so and he was a sure but he was a roommate of these guys so that's how you know, a lot of, a lot of connections were made. It was really cool. Um, it was fun to watch and see some of the history that you don't normally hear about. Cool. Let's go look yeah. for that. What, where did you watch that? That was on, oh man. Um, 
I'll tell you in a second. Okay. Uh, You do that while I come back to my second one. And this one was on Netflix. It's called Elvis. And it is one of these pseudo documentary, you know, drama picks, kind of like Bohemian Rhapsody was for Queen or Rocket Man was for Elton. Not what I would call a documentary, but an over Hollywood artistic license version of it for, of course, Elvis. And much of the framework is there when he went into the army. And it was more a story about uh, the colonel. Are you talking about Tom Hanks? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. I we saw that it was good. Yeah, yeah, they they really did a good job with his fat suit makeup on this one. <laughs> yeah, yes, they did. No, I I, I it, remember it, enjoying this movie very much. It yeah. took me until I think he saw him on stage or something about ten minutes into this video, going, "Oh my gosh, that's Tom Hanks!" You yeah, because he said one key <laughs> phrase, you know, in in this kind of this low tone, like. It was him. You know, like, oh, it sounds just like Tom Hanks. Oh, it is Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now that yeah, they did a good job with that movie. That was fun. That. It was fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were there were some memorable moments like, oh man, forgot about the days. Yeah. You know, I didn't realize that the Las Vegas Hilton, LVH slash whatever it is now, started out as the Intercontinental. Like, yep, that's what it was in the beginning. So it's kind of fun seeing some Vegas spots that have changed names a few times or right. gone. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, some of those hotels, yeah, they've been gone for a long time now. Um, Kim and I were watching the second season of Quantum Leap, the newer iteration of it. Okay. Uh, I think it's we either caught up. Or it was on like a holiday hiatus and they're going to, and the next part of the season comes up. I'm trying to figure that part out, but uh, I'm really enjoying this version of quantum leap. I like the stories. Um, Sometimes I think in some ways they try to be a little too preachy, which I don't need preachy. Just make your point as part of the story, but you know, keep hitting you over the head on some things, but uh, I think it's done really well. And they mentioned, of course, Sam and and Al and everybody from, um, from the original Quantum Leap. Mm-hmm. So it's really, uh, it's really cool. To, there's some of those callbacks, but you don't, you don't actually see them. Is it but, better uh, than the new version of Fantasy Island? I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen that version okay. of. I, 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 well, I don't know because I haven't seen that version of San, uh, Fantasy Island. But I have to say that uh, I'm really enjoying this Quantum Leap. We watched. All right. Like eight of them in a row. It was, or yeah. not quite in a row, but it was, yeah, it was binging them, catching up. And then you can see those on Peacock. Yep. All right. My third one is lots of documentaries on YouTube, as I mentioned before. Uh, I don't know what got this started. I think it was the one on the 1495. That's a year, not like a computer model or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, why not? I had a 1495 CPU floppy (laughs) disk drive or something. Yeah, yeah, it was the syphilis outbreak of 1495, which common common theory is that Columbus discovered the new world in 1492, and the Native Americans, the Indians, the people in the Caribbean, perhaps gave it to the Europeans, they came back and now we have syphilis in the in Europe. Yeah. Although okay. this one lady was excavating a site in Hull, which is in the UK, big port over there at the time. They were doing like a million gallons of wine a day or something. It was ridiculous. And she came across three skeletons buried in this church graveyard that showed classic signs of syphilis. And you have to be way, way, way advanced for it to show on the bones. There were like right. pits in the skull and ec- wow. extra grown both on the thigh bones. I've never heard of and, that. That's oh, amazing. Oh, yeah. It's, it's nasty stuff in its later stages because most people died before they got to the late stages. They lived to maybe the ripe old age of 30. Well, this guy was between 25 and 35, and he had advanced stages of this. And they found three of them. And they said, well, let's find out how w- when he was buried. So they actually found wood because they were in a waterlogged state they said we got wood from the coffins which dates to generously somewhere between 1350 
and the early 1400s, like 1412 or 1420. Wow. Well, wait a minute. That means they were in Europe with syphilis before Columbus sailed. Oh, how'd yeah. that happen? Wait, and and you know, there's all these people that have the Colombian theory going. Well, you know, that's one isolated case. You really haven't shown anything. And she said that's because everybody thought it came from the Americas and wasn't looking. So this other scientist okay. came up and said, uh, "Oh, that actually." So what you're saying is when it when he came back with it. That's when they took notice of it. Because, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But then this other guy said, uh, <clears throat> we've been excavating in Greece from like 2000 years ago and we show skeletons with the same symptoms. So here's what the current theory is. Uh, the Native Americans, yes, they did have it. And there is a mild version of it, almost like chicken pox. It was a skin lesion. Because these guys would, it was passed skin to skin, not right. sexually. And they would get this mild infection and then they'd basically have immunity. Well, that's all fine and dandy until uh, the Europeans bring you smallpox and wipe out the people who are sort of immune to we it. We come bearing gifts. <laughs> yeah. And with a lot of new diseases. So, oh, yeah. so many people were killed that they lost their immunity and then they started dying from the more virulent. It, in rural situations where, uh, you're, and then you think about, wait a minute, the Europeans wore a lot more clothes than the Native Americans did, so mm -hmm. it couldn't pass skin to skin. So the virus mutated into this more aggressive form. It said, hey, if I'm going to stay right. alive, I, I, I got to do some you know, more nasty things to do it. Mm -hmm. So we've, we've sort of lost this skin to skin contact version that was mild and, and wouldn't set you off down the road of destruction. So it was yeah. really interesting to see how things changed and what medical evidence they've got. Again, a lot of this is still theory-based and hasn't been proven out. Uh, but that was one of them. There was another one, uh, you, you all remember, April 15th, 2019, Notre Dame had a big fire mm -hmm. and yep. it was damaged. They are rebuilding that. And the target yes. is to get it done by the Olympics. Well, this is this video is three years into that. <clears throat> okay. And uh, they were talking about A... <laughs> There's a lot of lead in that building. The roof was lead. The spire oh, was God. lead. And now so they have all this. Uh, that all melted and is on every. Not necessarily melted, but lead dust. Now, oh. they did engineer this building very, very well. And they even found some surprises that they wouldn't have known about unless there was a fire. So, some some initials somebody scraped into. Uh... There, was a, there was a major restoration because the building was abandoned in the 1800s. And this right. guy, blah, 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 Leduc. I only remember the last part, <laughs> uh -huh. um, did a renovation. I mean, at one point it was used as a storage house and there was water leaking in and, and he really restored it to the building we knew about. And they said, when, when France said after the 2019 fire, we are going to restore it exactly how it was timber for timber on the roof and the spire, because if we change it, that changes the way the weight is distributed. And we don't know what the building is going to do if we modify or add or take away anything. We have to put it back the way it was. So it's it's really fascinating. All this stuff, it they are cleaning all the bricks too, or all the all the limestone. It's going to be gleaming white again. Where it was kind of, you know, the, that that oh, dingy yeah. candle gray looks like coal dust got all over it for the last two centuries or, or eight centuries. Uh so there was a fire in this thing at one point, way back in like 1300. Uh so it, it really fascinating stuff. If you're interested in Notre Dame, uh, mm -hmm. I found some commercials. What we ate 60 years ago. A lot of them are post commercials for like post toasties. And, oh, I'll, every once in a while, I'll go watch some old commercials on YouTube. Uh, yeah, uh, James, not a not James Arda. Peter Graves was in one of them. So look for the ice cream with Elsie on the cover. And I was like, Joey, you ever been in a cockpit of an airplane yeah. before? <laughs> oh, boy. I was, oh, boy. That's all I could think of when I thought of Peter Graves. Like, now yeah. he's selling ice cream to little boys. Oh, no. Um, there's there's a, a video that I watched about the Hindenburg. They found some new film footage. Actually, it's old film footage, but hmm? uh, you know, most of the footage you see is where the, the Zeppelin is news? crashing down in front of you. Right. Yeah, it's like the news or something. Uh, their, their news camera footage is what we what we typically have seen. Well, they put right? all of the newscasters at one point. They said, you right, guys right. all That's stand I mean. over there. 
One guy with his film camera was over by the hangar. So he got more a side on shot and his film starts rolling earlier. He still doesn't have the moment of ignition, but you can clearly see it's working. It's probably scrambling to turn it back on. Well, he had it by his side and he was quicker on the trigger than all the reporters were. So they, they verified this was actual footage from, this was not a copy. It went right. with this particular camera and the code on the, the film reel said it was manufactured in 1936, which is when you would use film for filming something in sure. 37, yeah. which is when the awesome. Hindenburg blew up. Yeah. Unfortunately, the film itself was fascinating, but didn't really tell us any truths about it. Then they got into the science, how the ship was built, what the conditions were. A lot of theory about where they drop the 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 you know, the tow ropes, basically. You, know, you see them yep. dropping the lines. It was raining. How come that didn't ground it and it ignited right away? So it, you know, just cool science stuff. Um, watched about the catastrophic blizzards of the winter of 1977 and 78 and how the, the weather patterns caused that and what was happening. I watched one called Flood in the Desert about the St. Francis Dam out in California and the water rights and the Owens Valley and the Native Americans and the disaster that happened when this guy said, you know, I think I want this dam 20 feet higher, but he didn't make it any thicker. That's yeah. why it burst. Dumbass. Oh, and that, yeah, let's add more water pressure here and just, yeah. <laughs> but if it weren't for that, we wouldn't have had the scrutiny on the Hoover Dam. Right. It, it, so it wasn't just one guy's vision and mistakes. It was a whole panel of people working for that. I just, speaking of Reddit earlier, you know, I, I just watched, I was thumbing through it earlier today, this morning, and I saw this video of a guy building what looked like a miniature dam. Yeah. Uh, it's probably, what, uh, three foot high, four foot, you know, not huge, but, uh, and he was building it. And on all the comments, one guy said, uh, as a damn designer, I can tell you the next, the first time it rains, this is going to be gone. And he was talking about how thin it was. And it's not the water pressure at the top. Cause it's it, at the had bottom. A, he had a spillway and everything, yeah. but it's the pressure. Yeah. At the bottom. Uh, yep. that's as soon as there's enough water, uh, it can, and, and on the sides, on the abutments, it, it, it really is. Engineering those things is not a trivial matter. The, yeah. um, so I've got a, a couple more on here. I'm not going to get into it, but all the links will be in the show notes for you over at episode 732 at com slash Technorama. Most of them are you know, between 30 and 50 minutes. Uh, you I've just been watching searching YouTube for documentaries. I don't know what I started searching. I was, well, I told you last week that I was watching old computer stuff, like how this Commodore was restored or, yeah. and, and that may have led me on to some of this stuff. Oh, I, I speak, you know what? I should have put this in here. Uh, there was a, not a documentary, but he was, this guy was talking about a lost programming language for the Commodore 64 that he had, his parents had a couple that were living in a room in their house mm-hmm. uh, for a while. And the guy worked for this company making this um, uh, programming language for the Commodore. And he said, Oh, you like Commodore? Hey, want you, want you give it a try. And they, he played around with it a little bit and he wrote up a little paper, basically saying what he liked and disliked about it, gave it to the guy, but he never saw the language ever come out. So he started researching and he found that, uh, it didn't necessarily come out for the Commodore, but he saw it for the Amiga and maybe some other hardware. I have to go, I have to pull that up and uh, uh, maybe I'll put it in the show notes for next week, but you, you might, might be interested in watching that. It was pretty cool. Sure. I, he went, they couldn't remember him and his sister couldn't remember the cup, the guy's name. But then when he started digging a little bit, he found some clues and went, that's his name. <laughs> and and so they, they were able to follow uh, his career a little bit. That happens to be so. at work all the time. Who was I talking to last week about this thing? <laughs> I know. Well, there's so many people that I talk to. Yeah, I do the yeah. same thing. All right. That takes us to the end. Again, if you want to see more, there's more show notes, more in the show notes in episode 732. Our question oh, of the week for, yes. Wait a minute. Yes. What? What? I still got one thing. Uh, I just wanted to plug this for 
our other podcast, the topic is Trek, which uh, we'll we'll be uh, putting out Thursday shooting. We'll be putting it out on Friday. Uh, I'm um, reviewing a book as a Star Trek, the next generation book from the eighties or so called blaze of glory. Um, so I'll be talking about that and you can tune in on the topic is Trek and hear what I got to say about that book. That topic is com. How's that? Yeah. I just had the, I had it myself. <laughs> we only have one ding dong around here. Yeah, actually. <laughs> That's exactly Eric's okay, question of the week for you this time to ponder is from mad Marv. He said, the reason I run or play Dungeons and Dragons is blank. And he wants wrong answers only. Uh, for so, the chicks. So that's what you thought of? That's your answer? <laughs> for the chicks. The fame and the fortune. Mine is so I can be eaten and die by a rat bite. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> that's the way I want to go. That's the way. <laughs> I'm rolling a one. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way you want to go. All right, <laughs> everyone's. Go. Got, I knew I shouldn't give him another mixer with the soundboard on it. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, I'll Spoiler stop. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Yeah. All right, that is it for the week, and uh, we are going to go record our Patreon show. So, good luck to you, patron members. And in the meantime. Give us a call on the listener line, 707-530-2428. We'd love to hear from you. 707-530-CHAT. Let's chat. Or email us, technorama at chuckchat.com. We'll get it. It's like Mad Marv sent it. We might read it on the show. If you've got an idea for a question of the week, we'd love to hear that too. Wrong answers only. (laughs) Right. Until next time, tell a friend about Technorama or not. Your call. Watch some more movies or not. And uh, Happy New Year, everyone. Wish you all the best. Craig, give him a binary high five. All right. One, zero, one. It's the end.